This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. We are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider, Sports Talk 1050, WTKA, online at WTKA.com. Coming up in the next hour, MGO Blog Roundtable, plenty of time to talk about what does the future hold as far as the Michigan football coaching staff is concerned. Get the take from the guys and the rumblings that are out there about the Chargers. And obviously, Jim has interviewed with the Falcons. Uh, since that will command the hour, and Seth is on wearing his Honolulu blue that looks like Honolulu blue on the screen. Is that's that right. Honolulu? That's what I'm wearing. <laughs> it's not a Lions yeah. shirt, but it's uh, you know it's <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah. A, it's 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 a good substitute, good yeah. fill in. Yeah, you see, right. you're season. wearing a shirt to make yourself feel like it's summer outside. <laughs> to <laughs> ignore the weather. No, it's summer in my office. I got my wife's machine and my machine running, so like my computer, our computers just make it so hot in this office, and the rest of the house is like 60 degrees. Well, it gives us an opportunity though. To talk a little lions like a kindred spirit yes. is joining me right now with the excitement and the glee. I mean, there were people like I know the the atmosphere in Houston was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But it was you know we're we're on the road out to Michigan. Clearly, had more fans in the stands, and it was a magical experience. It felt like watching that environment on TV at Four Field. That felt like a spiritual experience, Seth. Yeah. Just at it. Oh, it I was, had- it, different man i knew a lot of people who went to that game uh, my friend and i were trying to find tickets the last moment and we were like this is not gonna happen not not with our wives mad about rose bowls and houston trips already <laughs> that was not gonna happen but it was a it, it was so loud you know you could tell when it's loud because afterwards the first thing the players want to talk about is how loud the fans were just like oh man we're so happy and you saw that with the rose bowl right like michigan fans showed up at the rose bowl and that was just a I, that the national championship needs to move to the Rose Bowl. I am seriously on board with this now. After going through those two places, but an, if an NFL place is going to match any college environment, it's got to be a situation like that where the this team is so lovable and the coach is just such an emotional guy, and we have such an attachment to this team because they, you know, the heart the going to work Pistons. We're we're such a a, a Detroit team, right? And, and we and we just got behind them. And these Lions, this has been a football town for so this is such a football town that Michigan has survived for 130 years, despite all their academics and all their foibles and whatnot, as like one of the top programs in the country. This is just a football state, and the Lions have just been not worth. They've been a joke for so long, and we needed that. We needed to have a little joke, but at some time you have to take them seriously, and. Everyone kind of sensed that this year was the year that you could finally 
break down that wall, let the Lions actually matter to you, and they're not going to disappoint you. And, you know, we got a couple little ref screws, and the, at, at one point in this game, we're like, oh, God, if they're going to call a false start on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Man, that was a ridiculous. Ah, so hot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, you know, uh, they came, but even the refs came through for us later in the game because they let them play. They let them play, and they let them have a Lions game. Know this, I should know what what can what can you challenge? What calls can you challenge in the NFL? Oh, okay. I do. Don't get me started on NFL rules. I I I have a hard enough time paying, paying attention to all the college rules, and I'm decent at that. But I do not know the NFL. I'm not going to pretend to know. Oh my god, that was that was egregious. Yeah, and the Lions maybe score heading into the into the half. Yeah, you know that doesn't happen. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it was a big. Sw- it was like a four or five point swing, probably, but or three point swing because they probably get a field goal at that on that one. But it's a, um, hey, whatever. Because after, because later in the game, right, they're letting everyone play a little handsy, and that's what we needed. We needed to be able to just shut down that passing game, because Matt Stafford was balling, and 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 you knew he was feeling it. And there's been a whole bunch of lies out there afterwards about the environment and how people treated the Staffords. Right, like Kelly said something, and then everybody kind of came around on and got really mad at her. That's not how the Lions fans were treating them. There was a lot of love shown for him, and it was like, "Hey, man, thanks for everything you gave us. Thanks for you know allowing us to trade you and get this team, and we're gonna go root for Goff now." And they were fine with that. Everyone was fine with this. So who who's saying that they got who who's saying that Stafford got treated poorly? Uh, there's, I, I'm not going to name out news. There's, there, uh, it was a bunch of Twitter notes, and it was a kind of a, a, a thing. It became a thing. Man, I, I think, I think the love fest for Matthew Stafford has been overboard. Personally, <laughs> good, good dude, good dude. I'm not saying he's not a good dude. I'm not saying that he wasn't a good player, but the reverence for him doesn't match what he did on the field to me. Like Jared Goff, and I said this heading into the year. Jared Goff has shown me in his short time as a Lions quarterback that he's been more to the Lions than Matthew Stafford was. Matthew Stafford has time on task. Uh-huh. But this dude, and what I the way I distinguish between the two, both number one overall picks, right? But this guy came in and elevated a team. Just you know, you look at Amara St. Brown, he's become a star. Sam Laporta just came in and set a rookie record. Yeah, right for for tight ends, those are very very talented guys. But there's a reason that these guys come in and they just light it up like they both are first round picks, and neither was a first round pick, Seth. So I, I mean, I think Jared Goff has a ton to do with that. I I I don't want to take anything away from Goff, but offensive lines matter in football. They do, and this offensive line versus the offensive line that Stafford had most of his career in Detroit are very, very different. The The NFL has changed in, in certain ways, too. NFL teams have learned to go back under center. They're playing a lot more run first. The Lions are a lot more run first. And the Lions, the way Dan Campbell plays is let's get to fourth and short because we're going to go for it, right? And I'm going to trust these guys to make the right throws. I don't want to I, – I don't think you need to say Stafford was worse than Goff because they're – operating completely different situations. Stafford's job was to sling it before everybody got to him. And he was a, a he was a fantastic 2-minute offense guy in the 2-minute offense era. And I think that was 
exact the Lions could have won with Stafford. The Lions also got exactly what they needed out of Stafford in the end. He traded him to LA. He got a he got a championship. We got a lot of picks. We turned those picks into a lot of players and those players are on the field right now and the Lions are going to beat Tampa Bay and I hope Green Bay beats the 49ers because that stadium with the Packers coming to town would be incredible. Incredible. And this this te- this this town needs that. So Jared Goff has been better than Matthew. <laughs> I can't. I can't let it go. In See, in context, in the context of this team, Michigan, or sorry, know, Michigan Lions run. Maybe. They run under center. They run. They they have a play action. Stafford never. How often did Stafford get to run play action? Oh, how often? So it's not like it's not like Jared Goff stepped into a great offensive line. You know, this is a this is a team that obviously the offensive line has gotten better each year. They've gotten healthier each year. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a better – I'll give you this. It's a better offensive line now than any that Matthew Stafford had. But my point in talking about Stafford is you can't tell me over the course of his 12 years that in at least one of those years he didn't have enough around him to win a playoff game. To, I mean, especially when you're going out there and you got the best wide receiver in football. You got Calvin Johnson out there who is the best receiver in football. You got, what, three first-round pick tight ends. They had Golden Tate. They had they had talent around him. You got Golden Tate. Yeah. I mean, you had some. He had enough weapons to win one playoff game. Okay. All right. One. All right. Different era. Different team. Didn't have a running game. Those Lions teams never had a running game. He had a he thousand had... yard rush one of those years, didn't he? I what? thought. I thought either. I thought Reggie Bush had a thousand one of those years. Re- maybe. Maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah. And. and and there was one year with Caldwell where they they should have won the they should have won in Dallas and and like there there were times when they had the team to do it and just things didn't work out and we kind of sol'd it but they were they were good teams. I don't want to take away from Stafford. I don't think you need to take away from Stafford to celebrate what Goff has done. I don't think you need to take away from Goff to celebrate what Stafford did. Different eras, different teams, different scenarios. Stafford was responsible for moving the ball on his own. They put a bunch of great receivers around him. He used them as well as he could. I don't think Man. there's no there's no reason. There's no hate. There's no reason to like have negativity I'm- about either one of these guys. <laughs> I don't hate the dude. I I just said I think the reference is is overstated. Yeah, in 2013, Reggie Bush rushed for a thousand, had 500 yards receiving. Okay. Come on, man, he had weapons. <laughs> he had weapons, enough weapons to win a playoff game. And Jared Goff, in three seasons, he inherited a terrible. Matt Patricia left a terrible. See, this dude comes in and immediately elevates the guys around him. Not enough to win, uh, you know, to, to win and get make the playoffs, but to, to steadily improve over the years. And granted, he has a better front office. He has a better head coach. Those things matter. But like I said, one of those years, one of those years, Seth, that's why I say Jared Goff, I'm glad that people were, like, chanting his name before the game. Yeah. That was like, Lions fans, We you get it. Support your guy. We got to get to a break because we got the MGO Blog Roundtable on the other side. We're going to get into the NFL's pursuit of Jim Harbaugh. What how do we think? What do we think is going to go down with the roundtable crew when we return here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050? Mr. That's Mr. Craig Ross. That's whose microphone you hear. And that's Mr. Brian Cook, who's with us as well. And Mr. Seth Fisher. They are the MGO Blog Roundtable crew. Fellas, good morning. How are you? Morning. Good. Hey, Brian. Uh, what? You remember wow. last week I said nothing can bring us down, right? Nothing can yeah. bring us down, right? 
I wasn't there for that. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember the championship high, the euphoria from it, still hanging around. He said, you know what? We're going to ride this. We aren't going to talk basketball. We aren't going to talk anything. <laughs> Nothing can bring us down. And here I give you, Brian Cook, as I'm sure you can tell from your constituents on Nimble Blog, here we are talking about the NFL and its pursuit of Jim Harbaugh. So uh, I'm I'm curious, just your, your take on, or just what you think, how you think this is going to play out. Um. Well, first of all, the, the high still remains. Like if Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL after nine years, breaking the Ohio State streak, winning three years in a row, winning the national championship. Like he can, he can go out and say that I, I did what I said I was going to do. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And there's no dispute that he was a success and Michigan, I think will be well set up to continue being a, a national contender in part because of the culture that he's created here the last three years. So I've read a lot of stuff online, people panicking and being like, ah, blah, 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 blah. like it doesn't, it doesn't just, 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 just chill out. Like this isn't, you know, I remember in 1998, I was like, all right, this is the start of a dynasty. We're going to, we're going to we're It's never, never going to lose a football game again. And then Donovan McNabb, uh, correct that for me very quickly. So yeah, it's this kind of season doesn't happen very often. And next season is not going to be, in all likelihood, a 15-0 masterpiece. And that's fine. Like, they're going to have a salty defense. They're going to find some stuff out on offense. And it's going to be fine. So <clears throat> just uh, my advice to everybody out there is, like, this, like, next season is next season. And that's not happening until August. And there's a lot of people out there who have to, like, start thinking about next season. Like, Mike Hart. Mason Graham. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so as everybody just kind of like take a breath, I think. I think that's that's the the thing that's first and foremost. And as far as Jim Harbaugh goes, you know, I think it's clear that he wants to go to the NFL because he checked one of his lifetime boxes this year. And what's the other one? It's to win a Super Bowl. And he can't win a Super Bowl at Michigan. And if he could, I don't think that this would be a discussion, but he can't. So if he gets the kind of situation where he feels like he will be um, in control enough that he feels like it's his program, which is not something that a whole lot of NFL coaches actually get, True. then he he's probably going to go. And that's fine. I, I feel like... Sharon Moore is a guy who I am happy to have as Michigan's football coach. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's obviously someone who the rest of the players love. Trevor Keegan was talking about him in the aftermath. And I like the things that he was saying about Sharon are like, yeah, this guy's a leader. And we credited Biff Pogey a lot for the turnaround in the culture of the program, because, you know, Jim is weird and aloof and he's uh hard to get along with. I think there's no dispute about that. Like he's obviously a brilliant football mind, but he's also very difficult. And I think that Sharon Moore is one of the guys who helped bridge that gap from, from Jim being Jim to this program being largely built on love and togetherness, which is not something that, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a, 
that's not his specialty, right? That's not what he does. So I I feel like it's likely that this is the end of the Harbaugh era, and I'm fine with it. Craig Ross. Yeah, that that was brilliant and 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 remarkably reasonable for a person so young. But the uh, not anymore. Well, <laughs> uh, but it it also contained a seed of irony. Mike Rosenberg, who I know his name is mud around here, wrote an article, but not for me so much anymore. But he wrote an article in Sports Illustrated saying that you know what Harbaugh doesn't doesn't want. I mean, money is not the sort of sine qua non for him. Uh, what's important for Harbaugh is love. And he needs to feel loved and wanted more than he needs money. Now, I don't know. And, and, and out of that, Rosenberg predicts that he'll come back to Michigan because no one will love him more than people do here. And, and, and I think there is some truth to that, but I also think that Brian's probably right, uh, that it's pretty clear he's on a road to someplace else. And, and, and I can't blame him for sure, because if you look at the NFL, what don't you have? You don't have parents yammering at you. You don't have other schools, you know, tampering with your players. Uh, which may be going on with Michigan right now. You don't have to recruit every day of the year. Uh, you don't have NIL concerns. Uh, you don't have theoretical pay-for-play concerns. Uh, and you might even get a few weeks off every year. Uh, you know, not that those coaches will ever admit it, but they, you know, the NFL job is just a lot easier, and it'll probably be more money too. But it's hard for me to see. Once you're making 11 million or whatever Michigan paid him this year, 10 or 11 million, I think it's hard for me to understand how you know 15 million means anything else. Uh, you still have more money than you can spend or or, or you know use. Um, so to me, it seems I agree with Brian. It seems pretty obvious that he he wants to be in the NFL, and that's okay with me. Uh, of course. Um, but I wonder about Rosenberg's notion of, of what, of what Jim Harbaugh really wants is love. Um, it, it's not a stupid or, or simplistic idea. I think, what do you think, Seth? I think Jim Harbaugh is a competitor. I think that you know one of the first things he said after they won the championship was like, oh, now I get to sit at the big kid's table because his dad won a, an FCS championship and his brother mm -hmm. won a Super Bowl, and he didn't have a championship, and that mattered to him. That That's, I think, really what he cares about. I think that, you know, the likelihood of him staying probably went down as, like, you know, we lost J.J. and we lost other guys to the draft because that was one of the things that matters to him. Now, the love matters to him as well, but winning championships matters a lot to Jim Harbaugh, too. And the competitiveness of the team next year, it's a lot of work. If you want to, if he's going to come back to Michigan, and that's going to be long-term, you can't do the song and dance again next year. This is the exit point. He can either, I don't think he can do this again. Unless he wins the championship again. Because this was, the, this was the apex. This was the moment. And also, because now the game has changed, right? Now you're going to have teams. I don't know what their teams are offering players, but it's, I've heard rumors that it's a lot. Just uh, guys who don't even play are getting off. You know, people are tampering you with your guys, and you're going to have to pay them in order to keep them. And Michigan is going to have to. They're starting to. They they 
did a great job. The week of the championship game, they did a great job. They actually raised a whole lot of money. They haven't doled it out yet, but they do have money in the coffers they didn't have before. But they're still talking about the kind of money that Indiana or Iowa has, not the kind of money that Georgia or Ole Miss has for their players. And if you want to compete, if you're going to have those kind of levels of players, you have to change the system. You're going to have to change the system at Michigan. So it's not like it's coming back and he can keep on doing what he what he did before. It's going to be the new job, and it's going to be a, a new challenge. He's also set it up for this year. He's got a lot of Michigan coaches. Now, I know Minter's probably following him to the NFL, but there's a lot of coaches on this staff. You know, the national champion offensive coordinator and OL coach, Sharon Moore. The national champion secondary coach and Cody C. Steve Klingscale. The national champion wide receiver coach, Ron Bellamy. National championship running back coach, Mike Hart. The national champion tight ends coach, Grant Newsom. These are all guys who have more connection to Michigan than they do Harbaugh. These are guys that were set up to stay here. And, you know, I... It's, I don't think any of them are hired because of what they look like. But you have a staff that actually looks like the players on the field. And this is the first time where you have staff win the national championship who look like the players who are on the field. I know Georgia had five assistants, but their offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, their co-DC, all those guys were, you know, old, what was it, Will Muschamp. Like that, that, it's a different generation. And I think he set that up to be what, Michigan needs next. Michigan won a championship in the last year of the last old type of college football we had. This year it starts a new type. College football is changing. There's a 12-team playoff. There's going to be new challenges. And if Harbaugh wants to stick around, I would love to have him. If he doesn't, I think that he set Michigan up to succeed in the new college football that starts next year. Well, I, I agree. Uh, mostly with with Brian, uh, more so than Rosenberg, uh, and, and I, I I disagree, Seth, with the notion that if he comes back, that this is the last dalliance with the NFL. I think he'll always listen to the NFL. I think he will always listen for as long as they for as long as they call. Uh, you know, I I think the desire he has a dream of winning a Super Bowl, and it's a parallel, a dream that that runs parallel to his his dream of winning a national championship, a dream which he's realized to Brian's point. And so if someone's going to create an avenue for you to realize your other dream, you're definitely going to be receptive to it. I think it it stops or it ends when he ages out of interest from the NFL. But as long as they call, I think he's going to leave that that door open. And, you know, I'm I guess I'm different from a lot of people who who love Michigan in that I, I think it's the cost of doing business with Jim Harbaugh, and I'm I'm fine. I'm just fine with it. If if it gets you what he's been for Michigan, a guy who completely turned the program around, who's beat Ohio State three. This has not served as a distraction from the bottom line. They've uh, they've achieved beating Ohio State three years in a row, achieved winning a Big Ten championship three years in a row, achieved winning a national championship. If that's the payoff for having to deal with what is akin to basically an annoyance, it's a frustration. Oh, we got to deal with this again. If that's the cost, if that's the price of having Jim Harbaugh as coach, I'm fine with that, man. I, I, I just think it comes with the territory for a guy who has a desire to win the Super Bowl. Now, the, 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 the place that Michigan is in now is, I think, a better place than they've, than they've been in the past in that 
while he might have his disagreements with how certain things were happening, I don't think he was on board with some of the concessions that were made either to the NCAA or the Big Ten. And I think that has a lot to do with why he wants the, you know, this four cause call. I think that has a lot to do with all that. I don't think he was this was kind of like a uh, a unanimous approach to how to deal with the Big Ten and and the NCAA. But I don't think that any of that is a deterrent for him coming back to Michigan. I think, you yeah. know, he just showed he could win despite all of that, right? He's going to outlast Tony Petiti. He's going to outlast the NCAA. He'll be standing long after they're gone, right? And they're going to make him the highest paid coach in college football. He's got this rolling. He knows that this is here. And the adulation that you talked about, Craig, is here. If he goes to the NFL, I think he knows it'll never be like Michigan as far as love is concerned. That's why I don't think it's about love. If it was about love, he wouldn't even look at the NFL. He'll never get it. And he has to know he's been in the NFL. He knows that. This is about is there a team willing to meet every piece of criteria, meaning money, not just money, but money, control. I got some pushback on that. I was talking to some agents. They were like, ah, well, maybe they just pair him with the GM that he's he's a, he's compatible with. Okay, whatever, whatever control looks like or influence looks like, he has a greater semblance of that than he had in San Francisco. If you can put those ingredients together as an NFL team, then I think he'll go. But is there a team that's going to do that? Is there a team that's going to pay him 14 to $16 million a year and either give him some control or hire a GM that he approves of? If there's, I'm not convinced that there's an NFL team that will absolutely do that. But if there is, guys, I think he'll go chase that other dream. Well, you know, it looks like uh, Spanos is trying to hire a, a GM that will be compatible with uh, Harbaugh, a guy named Dodds, and uh, who I believe has some history with with Coach Harbaugh. And it looks like they're going that route. Now, I don't know. They've always been notoriously cheap, so so it isn't clear to me whether, uh, you know, San Angeles is actually going to do that. But the, uh, the problem there, I mean, if I'm Harbaugh, is twofold. One is, they're $34 million over the salary cap, yeah. right? And which means they're going to have a quarterback who's going to be on crutches by mid-year uh, because a, a lot like the Lions, they're in a situation where they need to protect uh, their quarterback, especially Goff, I think, but even Herbert. Uh, and that's a problem. And two is they don't have any fans. I mean, that that's a franchise without fans. Is Harbaugh going to grow fans for them? Maybe. I don't know. But that's that. Those are certainly downsides uh, with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't think any of that matters. Maybe if not. Har- if Harbaugh gets a job where it's just like, yeah, you can pick your personnel. We're going to be the full Belichick. He's gone. That's it. What he doesn't want, he doesn't want Trent Belke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like sure. That's that's the thing that submarine his tenure in in San Francisco because they were of the erroneous opinion that they could roll with Mike Tomsula <laughs> instead of him. And so Harbaugh doesn't want to be undermined by idiots. <laughs> and Trent Balky is clearly an idiot. And that's, I mean, that's the NFL is so nepotistic that, you know, it's like the Habsburgs. You got these guys with weird jaws walking around just being like, I'm related to someone who was an NFL coach. <laughs> like, he needs a situation where the, he, like, he's not going to suffer that fool. 
right? He needs an owner who's going to be like, I'm going to get out of the way and you're going to do what you're going to do. And if he gets that, then yeah, he's gone. And if he doesn't, then he won't. But, you know, they've been doing this song and dance for a long time now. And if there's a situation that he wants to go, he will go. And at this point, I'm more thinking about, like, who's he going to take with him? And I think Jesse Minter is probably, yeah. I mean, that's a guy from who's been in the NFL a bit. He is more of a college guy than Mike McDonald was, but he's in high demand in the NFL. I don't know who else goes because from a lot of the reporting around this, like Ben Herbert's probably not going to go because well, being a strength coach in college is a totally different deal than being a strength coach in the NFL where almost everybody has their own trainer. So nobody makes that move. Strength coaches have like, who's the most famous NFL strength coach? There <laughs> isn't one. Right. So like, I think he would stay. I think Mike Hart would stay. I think if Jay Harbaugh knows what's good for him, he will stay too because he has a good track record here, but it's always been under his father. And if he wants to be a coordinator, if he wants to be a head coach, it's probably time for him to kind of spread his wings and stick around. And, you know, Grant Newsom's probably going to be the OL coach. You probably stick with clink scale. I think Elston would probably stay. I don't know how many holes in the staff you're actually going to get. So you have to replace both coordinators, but I think most of the position coaches would still be the same. Yeah. I think you're on point. I think that, you know, I think that they, they would be able to keep her, uh, I don't know that I don't know any NFL strength coach that's making a million dollars. And, you know, you got your family consideration his his boys. I mean, I, I just I think that that one I'm I'm optimistic that they would be able to keep her. I, I have zero optimism about them being able to keep Jesse Minner. Yeah. <laughs> I just what about Rick I, Minner. <laughs> I think no, that's a fair question. I mean, I mean, might Rick Minner stay around on the staff? Is that a possibility? I, no, I, I mean he's retired. Like he came out of <laughs> retirement. I don't like that guy. Is not a guy who you can have as a, a position coach in the, yeah. in college. Because is he going to recruit? No. Next. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I think that this is. Um, I think you make a play for for Jesse. I think you you try to make it hard for him. Um, you make him the highest paid coordinator. I I said in all the football, you can't make him the highest paid coordinator in all the football. You can make a highest paid coordinator in college football. Right and and pay them. Say I'm going to offer you close to three million dollars. And the NFL can beat that. Uh, and the issue is, you know, I think he's more of a college guy. I agree, you're spot on, Brian. More, way more of a college guy than Mike McDonald, who was just abhorred. You know, the the whole college concept, recruiting, and all of that. Uh, but quality of life, and this may be more importantly, you know, how do you sort of speed up your your pace up the the hiring track, you know. So Mike McDonald's been a hit, uh, been a coordinator for what two seasons uh, in the NFL, and now he's probably going to be the next coach of the Tennessee. Or he's the, what the betting favorite, I think, to be the coach for the Tennessee Titans, right? So there's the, there's a, a a the talk among coaches that I talk to in considering the NFL is it can it can sort of speed up your your trajectory as far as moving up the, the hiring ladder uh, towards a head coaching gig. So there, there's that too. I just think they'll, I think he's going to go. I think, I think they're going to have a tough time holding on to Jesse mentor, 
even if Jim stays. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't try, uh, but I just wouldn't get my hopes up. I've managed my expectations as far as that's concerned. Everybody well, else, you, you, I think you're, you're pretty much spot on. I mean, especially because, like, if Mike McDonald gets a head coaching job, I mean, he's just plug and play for the Ravens, right? Like, yeah. Or for Mike McDonald. Or for Mike McDonald. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, also it's just, like, <laughs> the same reason that Mike McDonald went to the Ravens is the same reason that Jesse Minter is going to go to the Ravens. Right? Because it's just, like, it's easy. Like, proving yourself, and he's like, ah, this is a stepping stone to a head. I mean, it just makes sense from that perspective. Do they have another so, guy, by the way? Is there another assistant on the Ravens that we can just trade? And, I mean, keep keep rolling through them until you run out. Yeah, I think you got to look. I, you definitely. It's, you know, I, I, Vance Vance is just, he is, to, he thinks Jesse Minder is unbelievable. Unbelievable. He, the, the, he watched him for one game and said, this is a back-end guy, isn't it? I said, what makes you say that? He said, the way that the coverage is and the, the the coverage and the and the pressure, the way that they match with Jesse Minter is on a, on another level. And that's the that's the, one of the things that you that these co- these coaches kind of really look at. You know, can can the can the coordinator really dial it up where the pressure and coverage match? Uh, we don't necessarily see that as as novices as well as coaches do, but he Vance noticed it immediately, saying that Mike McDonald was good, but this is back end guy, isn't it? I said, yeah. He said, man. And so as we went through the year, he said, man, this this dude is ahead of the game. He's ahead of the college game. Everybody. He's ahead of Nick Saban. <laughs> Honestly, I just finished the, uh, the upon further review of Michigan's defense against Saban, and it was, yeah, Minner won. Minner, Minner won going away. In Nick Saban's last game, he just got dumb. Now I don't know if Saban was well, that, charged that his one offense. Was- Honestly, that one was easy, right? Like I even I was calling it beforehand. It's like you got to pressure this guy. Yeah, and I don't care that it's Jalen Milrow. You got to get after him, especially because Michigan has been so great at maintaining rush lanes the whole year. So they were able to do that. The impressive game to me was the national championship game, mm-hmm. where you know they don't take a deep shot at a covered Romo Doomsday once. And Mike Penix goes from looking like the god of all gods against Texas to five yards in attempt. And they scored their their often scored like a net of four points in that game. Yeah. After the you take account of the interceptions, it's just like I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. I like I kind of felt like they could get after Alabama because they had some shakiness on the offensive line and teams had just the whole year been afraid of rushing Milrow. And I didn't think Michigan was gonna do that. I, I did not expect what was going to happen in the national championship. I the national championship, you're absolutely spot on. For the uh, Rose Bowl, I was actually talking about the running game because Saban prepared a lot, and and the more I went through that, the more emotions they had. There was stuff that we, I there were a lot of plays that we did not have categorized before that came out in that game, and you know Saban is a, is a remarkable coach. I'm sure he had his hands in this thing because they knew that they weren't going to be able to uh, to throw the ball against Michigan, which is something that you should know if you saw Michigan play against Ohio State. You saw Michigan play all season. Right, and what they did against Washington—that is hard. You know, I've gotten to break down every single one of those plays, but what they did is they—they they ran so many different coverages that he, Penix didn't know what he was looking at. And Penix has been in the game for—he's been a college starter for like six years, that guy—and he didn't know what he was looking at. Uh, but the run game is not something because Michigan mostly spent the season just five in the box or six in the box and just tried to fit in like okay. 
we have Mason Graham. Let go. Try to win against that. And in this game, they had to do a lot of clever things because Alabama was doing a lot of clever things to stop their uh, to to run the ball with Milrow. And a quarterback running game is very hard to stop. And the 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 level that that game was played on on a running standpoint was way higher than anything I've charted uh, in the few years that I've been doing it. So yeah, that Minter is not just a secondary coach. Minter's not just a guy who's going to run a bunch of switch coverages and, and confuse you back there and run the right pressures. That was a running game masterpiece. And, you know, they, <laughs> I agree, Sam. Whatever you can try to do, if he's gone – he yeah. deserves it, but whatever you try, whatever you can, try to keep that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's people have asked me why why Sharon because I think if if Jim goes and I see some of these names, like where does Brian Kelly's agent must be working overtime? <laughs> and his name keeps being thrown out here, and yeah. I've heard nothing to suggest that Brian Kelly is on the board. I, I there's nothing suggests that he would be in the mix, other than people just got to put out a list and they just throw it out there, or his agent told them put it. In. It, it 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 to me, and I mentioned this on the board when when Matt Weiss was fired, I said the next quarterback coach is going to be Kirk Campbell. Uh-huh. There are going to be some interviews. There are going to be some national guys they look at. It's going to be Kirk Campbell. I was just just knew it was going to be him. JJ was on the table for him. It wound up being Kirk Campbell. This is much the same. It's going to be Sharon Moore. If Jim I think that Sam and I think that, but will they go through you know interviews? And, I think and, so. I mean, because you got to kick the tires. Like I, I said, this. Listen, Kalen DeBoer. We can talk about this now. Yeah. yeah. Kalen DeBoer. One of the reasons why he hadn't signed that extension was to stay open for for jobs. I'm talking about he hadn't. I was talking to Kim Grinnells out in in Washington. You know, Kalen DeBoer hadn't signed. I know. I know he hadn't signed his extension. You know, one of the reasons why Michigan. He's keeping an eye on Michigan. He's keeping a close eye on Michigan. So you gotta. You gotta. Talk to guys like that. Now, is there another Kalen DeBoer out there right now? I don't. I don't really see him. And even even if Kalen were available, I just think what Jim has built here, culture wise, is so is so unique and so special that you gotta do what you can to preserve it. First, you do what you you do everything you can to keep Jim. They are gonna make him the highest paid coach in all of college football. Uh, yeah, maybe they're going to, I don't know if they're going to make all the concessions that he wants. Probably he has all the leverage. They probably have to, right? You do everything you can to keep him. If it was simply about that, I think he'd be signed already, but he's going to see this NFL thing through. If he goes to the NFL, what's the next, who's the next guy who is most immersed in the, in his culture in a way where he can carry it on? That's Sharon. Sharon's been here six years. He's worked his way up through the chain from tight ends coach to O-line coach to coordinator. He's actually been a head coach. People say, why, why Sharon? Why, why Sharon over Jesse? I think it's that. I think it's tenure. If if Jesse had been here six years, I, I'd say Jesse. Because Jesse is elite. Jesse is elite. Oh, man, I pay him $3 million. Not my money. I pay him $3 million or offer it to him, even knowing that the NFL can still outbid you. But I make it hard for him to leave. I think he's that good, even if it's just for one year. Because I think Sharon... In his one year, and I want you guys to chime in on this, it, he's he's going to need a head coach on defense. He's going to need a head coach on defense. And that's why you make a play for Jesse, and it's why I think if Sharon winds up being the guy, as, as much as I'm I'm, a, I'm an advocate for for internal promotion for, for Clink and for Mike Elston, I don't know that he 
I don't know that he would be able to go that route. I think he he might have to go the route of getting a a defensive coordinator who has who has called the defense at a high level before if he can't keep Jesse. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I I feel like like the thing that makes the most sense is to not change what we're doing. And if Jesse Minner goes then what Michigan needs is they need someone who's running the Ravens defense. Because as we've seen the past few years, it is the best defense to go up against Ohio State. And we've gone from a situation where we were behind in the metagame because they went from JT Barrett to an NFL passing attack and we were still running man coverage every down to a situation where, yeah, CJ Stroud can put up 350 passing yards, have fun with your 23 points, boys. So (laughs) whatever Michigan does, like that Ravens connection is something that is imperative to keep. And I agree with that. All due respect to Klinkscale, Elston, these guys, I can't see them being elevated to sole defensive coordinator because of that. Because they've they've been around the system for a couple of years. I want someone who lives in it, you know? Like someone who was a quality control assistant for the Ravens and is coming up the chain. Yeah. That's that's what feels like the right thing. But at the moment, we have no idea who such a person might be. But I, I hear what you're saying. You want someone who's living inside of Jesse Minner's head. Uh, but I don't know who that person is. And it, might it be Clink or might it be Elston? I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think if Jim, I think if Jim remains the head coach, I, I think I, then I think it would be um, a very good chance of Clink and, and Mike being co-coordinators I, th- I i think the chances of that are greater if jim stays than if than if sharon a rookie head coach gets the job i, I think the the demands uh are greater for for whoever the dc is if sharon has the job so I, you know it's 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 an interesting dynamic to to dissect and something that they have to be thinking about it's something that you know from an admin perspective Ward has to be thinking about is something from a potential replacement perspective that Sharon has to be thinking about uh, while we wait to see what Jim's going to do. Uh, because I, I think if, if Jim if Jim goes, I, it's virtually virtually a zero chance, zero chance that, that Jesse stays. Uh, not that you don't try. I just you, you got to be make, making your contingency plan now that, that he's not going not going to be here. Um, he's he's that elite. I think he'll be a head coach. Uh, in the next couple of years. So, fellas, we need to get to a break. We've gone kind of long. We'll get some of the questions in as well uh, in the break. And we'll return on the other side. More MGO Blog Roundtable here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket. Zachary Orr, by the way, is the next guy on the on the Ravens staff. I'm sorry, what? What's Zachary that? Orr, there... he's their, uh, their DL coach. I th- no, they're yeah, no, you, uh, linebacker you coach. In a few different, you can look in the Ravens. Um, you can look under Wink Martindale. You know his whole crew just got broomed at with the Giants, um, but but they're in the same scheme, so you can tap into whoever was with. Yeah, with or uh, is the last guy though of the 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 triumvirate who were working together when since they were like quality control guys it was you know Minter, McDonald, and Orr together. So there is a third. There is another Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I think you. Um, I think you talked to Jesse and you talked to Mike, which I, oh, yeah. I, I, I'd be shocked if he isn't doing that already. Yeah. 
talking to Jesse and talking to Mike about who's okay, who do you guys yeah think is next in line kind of thing. And you know, you're you're right. I mean, you you gotta preserve that. Whoever you get, and this is where um because you you gotta you gotta elevate um Mike to at least like run game coordinator or something like that. You gotta put a coordinator title mm-hmm. on Mike Elston. Um, you know, every the whole staff deserves a bump. Like you gotta do things to to show those guys that you value them uh in, in a way that they they won't just up and leave if if you decide okay, we gotta go get someone from the from the Raven system. But I agree with you, Brian. I mean, it's so good that either you go get someone who who's in it right now or someone who you're confident, like, you know, that they're such an elite NFL DC. Like, I don't know that I could you would do this with a college guy. You know, Jim Leonard, maybe. I don't, do, you, do you feel like Jim, if you went and talked to Jim Leonard, do you feel like Jim Leonard could run this scheme? I'm worried that Jim Leonard, what did he do last year? I think he was an analyst with Illinois. Right. <laughs> so I have a good dude question about Jim Leonard now. Yeah, <laughs> because he's he was obviously a great defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, great defensive coordinator, Wisconsin, and he gets the axe and then he's an analyst for Illinois the next year. Like, I feel that there's a skeleton in the closet there. And maybe it's just the fact that he's, you know, he like backstabbed Paul Christ or I don't know what it is. But his trajectory is now like, I don't know about that guy. But I just I just mentioned him like I. I'm thinking, and this is this is I think was one of Jim's revelations. Now I got to go get to the NFL, and he went to the Ravens. Obviously, I got to go to the NFL to get a defensive coordinator. Like so, if if you went and got an elite defensive coordinator from the NFL, maybe he's out of one of these jobs. Do, is there a guy like that? If you if it's not a guy in the Ravens tree, is it a guy that can run that scheme? Uh, especially if you are inheriting guys who are immersed in it, whether it's you're talking about um, you're talking about having having Mike around, having, you know, keeping Clink around and an unsung hero. Like people don't notice from next. But I talked to the guys on the inside, man, Doug Mallory, when it comes to their back end stuff like Doug Mallory is that dude. Hmm. Like You don't hear the name, but I talked to coaches and they're like, man, Doug Mallory is you know when it comes to like what the other team is trying to do you know different different adjustments we we might need to make or being devil's advocate about hey you know we do this they're gonna do that like doug mallory is is enough of a factor where i would be like man you gotta consider one minute you you consider him where is he right now sam he's an analyst for michigan yeah he's an analyst yeah i didn't realize that yeah (laughs) but they're not gonna jump him to dc not to DC. I'm talking about as, as uh, you know, if if Jay goes with um, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. If Jay goes with um, his dad, with his dad, yeah. You know, that's 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 something I, that. You, but but my point is, in in talking about all the ingredients that could could remain, could you get in you know a big time NFL DC that could come in and run the scheme? If you if there isn't a guy in the Ravens pipeline that is ready to come in and get a job. But I, I agree with you, Brian. You look there first. But if you can't find anything there, then I still think you're in the NFL. I think you got to be in Back in 10 it. seconds, guys. Yeah, I think you got to be in it. I want to make my 10-second point real quick, which is um, I think you need to say teach the scheme, not someone who can run the scheme. 
the scheme is a very it's complicated is what it is. It's the the, the talent is to be able to teach it. And, and we back, folks. Get insider sports talk two fifty WTKA online at WTKA.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Wine Travel on the other side. Let let's touch on on this for a moment, fellas. Uh, because it's something that we it's in the chat a lot. Do you feel like that there is anything that either could have been done leading up to this point or can be done moving forward? Let's say, let's say for the sake of your argument that Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan. I come back because he's here. Let's say he stays at Michigan. Is there anything that you guys think Michigan could do that would make the NFL never be a consideration again? Like, like we next year rolls around because he right now is if you believe Dan Wetzel's reporting, even this cycle, you know, if he signs the, the contract extension and it has all the concessions in it, it, the deal sets up to start in February after the NFL cycle is over. So against that backdrop, I'll ask you the question again. Is there anything that you think Michigan can do or could have done that would make the NFL be off the table now or in the future? Brian? Yeah, it's easy. Go six and six. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's it. That's it. Because, <laughs> like, one, I guess, frustration of having Harbaugh as your coach is that he is very unique in that he has had success as a head coach both in college and the NFL. And that just doesn't happen. Like, Nick Saban was never going to go back to the NFL because he was, like, 2-8 and eight as the as the Dolphins coach. Yeah. So the, there's, there's a trend where uh, hot, college coach will go to the NFL, find out that it's completely different and that whatever, for whatever reason, his skill set doesn't work as well there. And then he goes back to college and then he's just in college. And that didn't happen with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh took San Francisco to three NFC championship games and a Super Bowl after starting out eight and eight. And immediately after he left the San Francisco uh, 49ers were once again, but so, <laughs> like, he clearly seems like a difference maker in the NFL. Those are extremely rare. So there's literally nothing that Michigan can do to dissuade NFL interest because he looks like a unicorn. And, I mean, for, for me, it's just all about what Jim wants to do and what Jim wants to do is win a Super Bowl. So, honestly, like, at this point, I'd – almost rather he just takes the Chargers job at this point and then Michigan can go forward with Sharon Moore and not have this happen every offseason because I feel like if they keep Jim Harbaugh another year this is still going to happen next year so and so, so so question okay so but what's the what's the downside other other than the obvious frustration of having to deal with another cycle what what's the downside of of Jim Harbaugh and his dalliances with the NFL you're going to lose your coaches eventually that well, I don't know how no, long I mean, these guys are going like to it's the, it's the recruiting aspect of it where Michigan is playing at a very high level and they're not recruiting at that level. Now, I know that they're scouting the balls off these guys. So they get five-star defensive tackles who are three-stars because they're from Indiana or Idaho. or No, actually, that's not even a good excuse for Mason Graham. I don't know what the deal was with Mason Graham. Um, so, but they are not taking advantage of of their position in the college football firmament right now. And they got a couple portal guys and that's okay, but it's just been a little bit of spinning your wheels. And Michigan's been able to overcome that 
Yeah, I do think that's a, a real downside of being the one school in America where every year you have to wonder if your coach is going to the NFL. So, like, for me, the uncertainty of having Harbaugh is just like, so when is he going to leave? It's not like if Michigan keeps Jim Harbaugh this offseason, like, <laughs> they don't have him until he retires, right? That's not going to happen. So given that's the case, I'd like some resolution. And the only resolution that happens is that he goes to the league. Now, I don't want to run Jim Harbaugh off campus. That's obviously insane. But, you know, at some point, it's just like, let's get this done and move forward. And let's see what we can do with most of the Jim Harbaugh culture and Sharon Moore. And, you know, there's that guy's got a lot of upside because he's young. He's obviously connected with the players he's obviously very intelligent and an excellent offensive coordinator and yeah <laughs> it's just yeah, i agree so i i think your point i i, I think you make great points I, I i it's not like i'm saying there isn't a cost i think it does have an effect i guess i'm of the mind and, and craig i want you to answer the question now i'm of the mind that the 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 benefits far outweigh whatever those consequences of his NFL dalliances, whatever those consequences are. So I can, as frustrating, frustrating as it is, and as much as it might, you know, harm recruiting or NIL or, or portal activity, I think that the benefit of having him here balances that out and in some Craig, that's just my, my, I think it's the cost of doing business. I agree with that. I mean, Brian's right. Of course, that as long as Harbaugh's here, He's going to be. There's going to be a dalliance in every single offseason with the with the NFL. That's been the case for the last three years. It's going to continue to be the case. Um, and but that doesn't mean I don't want him back as coach. And I think that the cost benefit, as you say, Sam, is a positive in having him here, uh, even if this is going to be the reality. And that isn't to say anything negative about Sharon Moore, who I think will be the head coach here at some point and will be a good head coach here. Uh, but I still want Harbaugh back. And I still think in the main, that's, that's a plus. I've never felt that the, you know, recruit five-star recruiting thing is the sine qua non for being a successful football program. Uh, Michigan's proven that over the last three years. And uh, I think if you evaluate and develop, you can still be really good. And, uh, and that's been, been the case too. Um, so yeah, I want Harbaugh back and I, you know, I won't be distressed if Jerome Morris, the head coach or by any stretch of the imagination, but I think Michigan is better off with him than without him. Seth Fisher. I mean, you have to, you can't have mistakes. You can't have holes. You can't have debilitations in college football. They, this year taught us anything. You look at how great this team was, and guys came back because they knew it was going to be a championship year. Guys stuck around, maybe turned down other opportunities coaching-wise. A lot of players turned down opportunities to make a lot of money going to other schools because this was a chance to win a championship. This was a chance to get a ring. It does not come around very often. And it's not just the culture that won them. They had the best players. They they did it because they everything has to be on the same it's going towards the same goal. Because Alabama's not gonna let up, right? They went and got Kalen DeBoer, they went and got 
Mo Linguist to be their defensive backs coach, right? They're not messing around. Georgia's not messing around. You know, the, even Ole Miss is not messing around. There's the the margins that you have to ha- you know to say, okay, let's 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 give this guy time, or let's let's not operate this way. You've got to be on out in front. You've got to be charging ahead. You have to be changing the way things work in the NCAA to benefit your program. I really liked how Dan Lanning, uh, Oregon's coach, decided he was going to use the opportunity of uh, people mentioning his name for the Alabama job to make a video saying, hey, I'm here, and if your coach is leaving, why don't you come here too because I'm not going anywhere. Harbaugh, if if he's going to stay, has to have – some sort of, you have to have stability. You have to have some sort of promise. He managed to do it because we were working towards a national championship in 23. Now that we're past that, he needs to have a reason to stick around. Are we going to win a championship every year? Are we going to have the same assistance every year and we're just going to pay them more? What is it that is going to say to the rest of the college football world, you can't beat Michigan because we are the best at this and we're going to do it this way. If they could change the way NIL works so that they could get the players paid through the TV money instead of getting them paid through you know, a big booster. Or if they could just get a big money bags booster like Oregon has. and stuff. They need something. And if Harbaugh is going to stick around, he needs to create a system that's going to benefit Michigan. <coughs> And if it's, if it's going to be the same in song and dance every year, it's just going to be too easy to recruit against them. We're not going to have the promise of a oh 2023 is coming in order to keep people around. Yeah, well, fortunately, uh, this particular cycle, I think we'll I think we'll know fairly soon. This won't play out uh, at, at at the length that it took us to find out the the Minnesota thing. Yeah, uh, so this one feels like it'll happen a lot sooner. Um, and he's in a He's in a lovely position. It's great to be Jim Harbaugh right now because basically everyone, you know, they have to meet your demands. Michigan has to meet your demands or the NFL has to meet your demands. I just I want his demands to be like something because he's made enough money. I want his demands to be, look, you are going to support this program the way that teams that we compete against support their program. You're going to support these players the way that teams that we compete against support these players. He's got an opportunity here to create a dynasty and to be – you know, greater than his uh, his mentor. He's got a, a, an opportunity here to put his name next to Fielding Yost as the greatest coaches who ever lived. If he wants to do that, that's that's what he has to do. He has to leverage what he's got right now because this is the deal we made. Harbaugh can go and tally it to the NFL, and we were I, we said it in the preview. Yeah, probably gone next year because this is the year, and he's gonna use. But if he's gonna stay, I want him to leverage what he has right now for the benefit of the football program. I mean, what about his behavior gives you any indication that's going to happen? He's smart. Like, let's be, let's be realistic. Like that's yeah. not going to happen. Like he doesn't do that. That's not how he operates. And that's fine. He's obviously a very successful football football coach, despite that, but it's just Jim is going to gym. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so let me let me say this, man. You know, he is a he's a different dude, but here's here's where I think there could be some epiphanies because he he changed tangibly enough from the relatability standpoint where, you know, he used to just have his guys like Ben Mason was like a hardball guy. Like mm-hmm. you, you could pick out his guys on past teams and on this team. You go up and down the roster, and they're like all his guys. 
So he made a meaningful change after that 2020 season. And it wasn't just staff. It was it was in culture and his ability to connect with his players. I think it's one of the reasons that he's more appealing to the NFL now, too. And it's one of the reasons, like, man, you know, for everything that they were saying and Balky were saying about who he is as a guy, he, yeah, he is different. He is quirky. Uh, but he did make some make some changes. And I wonder if that means that, to, to Seth's point, Brian, I, I wonder if that means that maybe he might do some of the things set the time. I'm not saying he will. I'm not saying he will, but I'm I'm not of the mind that he nothing he does will change. The only thing that I will say, and I agree with you 100% on this, uh, B, is that he will continue to look at the NFL. You are right 100% about that. Right. Like, I mean, the, the, this is this is going to be a constant. And it's going to – like, Michigan has to make up for the fact that the recruiting is – hampered by not knowing whether the head coach is going to be around by the fact that they're scouting superbly, they're developing superbly. Like, they're trade-offs. Um, I just, you know, this this annual sort of song and dance is getting a little bit much. We got to get out of here. Cost of doing business. So you got to pay to have Jim Harbaugh. It's not just, you know, other teams is about the money or about the, the love or whatever. This is This is part of the price. That you pay. You got to let them look at the NFL. So, anyway, we got to get out of here, folks. We'll see you tomorrow on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket, the official voice of the University of Michigan Sports Ann Arbor, Accumulus Station.